Hi, welcome. You are listening to the Creative Explorers podcast. I am Rachel Shores. I am a watercolor artist telling my, well, I'm writing my story about how I traveled the world when I was in my 20s, making it to all seven continents. And uh, we're still traveling on this journey, I think. And I'm now with Lame. Yeah, hi, I'm also an artist and a storyteller. I'm writing a book, I'm illustrating it, I'm creating textile works with natural materials and all kinds of interesting things check it out so i think i have to plug my <laughs> website it's time to plug your blog yes. lame starting a blog based on all these all of the discussions we've had on the podcast i'm really excited for this yeah i'm i'm, I'm it's in the works it is yeah. yeah it always is this is one of the things about this podcast that's made me really happy this has been like the one consistent thing in my life in the last like two years i think <laughs> doing it so we're capable yeah. of <laughs> yeah we are capable of consistency and yes. today's going to be an interesting podcast because we both came here both saying on our, that we're terribly distracted but um i'm also inspired so here's the goal of the direction we're hoping to t- talk about today and we'll see if we stay on track so we wanted to talk about um community but a different way of community Mm -hmm. like the intentional the village like what What does that actually mean? Is it even possible to build a community where people can come together mm-hmm. and then be vulnerable and ask for what they need to succeed? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then the twist, hopefully we will have time and get to it, is the big reminder is rebellion. Is it, <laughs> was what it all, it, what it really is about to be an artist. Um, and what should get us over our... Uh, self-doubt issues mm-hmm. uh does that sound like a good plan <laughs> yeah, but I have a lot of ideas, so. yeah and our final and the final ending will be so now what what do we do now with all this information <laughs> exactly we'll see so, yes yes so um can i start with this community this this mm-hmm. conversation i had with my friend mm-hmm. and how it really changed it really helped uh me see something that like i'm i'm really wanting an artist community and what mm-hmm. does this mean and i was you know like i wanted because what i would like to get from it is encouragement and accountability because that's mm-hmm. a, some that's something i can't bring for myself and like the sharing the burdens of the mm-hmm. burdens of the doubts or whatever it is to be an artist. Um, but one of the things she had mentioned is like, well, if you think about women artists, there's other challenges they have. And it's like, you know, taking care of kids and, and keeping a house clean mm-hmm. and making meals. And she, and so we started t- having this conversation of like, what if you built 
an artist, you know, we could start with that theme, but or a women's community, you know, made this community where women would come together and express their goals and then what's keeping them from their goals. And then people could offer where, where they're capable and take where they need it kind of thing. And that really got me excited about, I don't know, this art community. I really like it because it, to me, it sounds like a very natural way of living because yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, when I think of it, we could have some communities where there is support because that's when I think of a community, what, what I lack is support as an artist, yeah. especially as an artist where I live, there's no, no one's interested in that. So you, yeah. you, you come to a gathering and yeah, they're, they're, it's okay. But I always have to exclude talking about my art. Yeah. Somehow it feels like, they don't want to talk about it because it seems so my thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> dodging in it. I don't know what this is, but it's ne- it's never something I can talk about because. That, but but I find this very sad because that's one where what I do all day and what I think yeah. about. And this is not just for me. It's and I'm not able to talk about this. So that's what, yeah. what comes to my mind at first because it's and just to imagine to be somewhere where you, where you can be. And everybody can be, and it's okay. And it's not about you're more interesting and blah, blah, blah. I think that's so weird. As if at the moment, I really experience that there's a gap between me being an artist and where I live. <laughs> if you know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like, yeah, and I'm curious, like, is there a way for people, you know, is there a way to create this village-like Mm-hmm. atmosphere online where you can still get the support you need and i know there's online things you know there's there's patreon there's a cup of coffee or whatever you know and that's places where people can support financially and then you do get a little bit of the encouragement by having groups where people are you know talking and there's the social aspect of mm-hmm. it as well but is there more or is there something we're missing yeah maybe it's really the everyday life yeah it's really in right now that's what i'm saying you have to split up some something i go online in this and that there can be an artist but where i live i'm not yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's so yeah. weird and but maybe that's that that's just simply and then we stay in our bubbles even in these yeah. artist communities, because I think there is a power to this also online, but somehow we cannot make it out into the world of non-artists. Mm-hmm. I really, I really think the place to learn this is from women of color. Like mm-hmm. I think, I believe that there's the you know indigenous and there's this old this old mm-hmm. way of having villages, and I think our you know modern times got rid of all of that and now we have to relearn it <laughs> and that's what i think because i think it's not a place i think it's not online it's not i think it's a state of mind yeah yeah when, when you when you think oh why do you go online into some mastermind or so you want to earn money because that, that means freedom that means validation in our society yeah. somehow deep inside we all have this kind of longing for something else and we know that there's something missing <laughs> <laughs> And that's exactly it. And you feel it and you go somewhere and you want to fill this gap, but it yep. doesn't it doesn't work because it's so it's just missing from this society we, we've been. Yeah. Yeah. And that 
Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely relate to that. I think it's so interesting. Brene Brown has talked about this and how, you know, the, there's this something very nurturing about the crowd of, of everyone being in the same goal for the same thing. Um, man, I, I was trying to think of, I was trying not, I was really struggling not to bring up church for that. But I, so I found a, I thought of a different example. I just got to go to the end of, um, a German festival here last night and they had this huge closing, closing ceremony. And I was like, this is a way that, you know, this, this town has kept this tradition Mm -hmm. going and this community going. Like everybody knows every year this ending ceremony and they know what to do to participate and there's just riotous singing and this group celebration and it was really i was actually really sad in it even though i was really enjoying watching everybody be so happy i was really sad and how like this is missing in so many parts of our lives and that's exactly it. So you try to make a living, you try to find your community, but there is something missing, not, not for us, not only for And I think that's where rebellion and comes in. And I, I'm reading this book, still this book, Belonging, and she talks about false belonging because we have such a need to belong somewhere that mm. we go try to fit in in yeah. order to simply belong to, you know, and then you go to, to some, then you can a- end up in some community and they have these roots and you don't, not so sure about them but then you decide to yeah okay it's fine i want to i want to belong but this is false belonging yeah and she says something very interesting she says maybe that's also rebellion she says in order to to belong maybe you have to be okay with being on your own with being yeah. an extra, with being in the the way you are the black sheep someone standing aside the misfit and maybe when you when you say it's fine and i'm that's what i am as an artist like being rebellious then maybe then you can fit in and then maybe when you have people like this who dis, who were in exile were misfits and decided to be themselves no matter what and not not fall into false belonging maybe that with these people you can form a community and maybe online maybe yeah. wherever you are. i think that's it it's it's not how you call it and where you, if you have it on Zoom or whatever, I think it's a state of mind. And I think mm. you have to be okay the way you are and you don't look for a guru or something to fit in, to tell you what to do. And maybe that's it. <laughs> and that's yeah. where rebellion comes in because in order to do that, you must, that's what it feels like. You are in exile and it's terrible. And being oh. rebellious, it's not very, it's not very romantic. It is yeah. something very lonely and that's how I experienced it I never wanted to be different but I was and I was treated <laughs> like this so and then I thought you would you know why yeah whatever and this is and I think this is kind of an exile that can have that kind of helped me to really go within and to discover something maybe that really enables me to belong at one point I don't know but I think without yeah that without going deep within you you are not able to belong because you don't know what it is yeah what what book is this it sounds exactly like what um Brene Brown was writing this is called belonging but I think we talked about this I read one uh I I read an excerpt it's from Tokopad Turner we can oh is this the one I think you read that on another podcast a while ago yeah I really like what it's about basically it's her story and that reminds me so much of my story Mm. being some kind of 
abandoned, neglected child and being in the system and stuff like that. I've been mm-hmm. there. She talks about the, the exile and it's very, to me, it's very powerful because it shows me that even I am able to do something like this. And what, what's interesting, she also talks a lot about dream, uh, dream work where you remember your dreams. <laughs> And I can't remember my dreams for, for weeks now. I'm trying to remember my dreams. And I wake up in the morning thinking, oh, yeah, that's a dream. And then I forget. <laughs> and oh, I think, yeah, so- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forget. If I, if I don't lace, if I don't get, if I don't let myself wake up naturally, if anything wakes me up, I'm, I, I don't, the dream is gone. I have to lay yeah. there and like slowly like pull it out of my memory. If I I have one tree, maybe maybe it has to do with this what we're talking about. It's the only tree I remember. We were in a kind of a parking. I don't know. It was it was a large building, and there were cars inside and people. <laughs> and I parked my little orange Twingo car there, and I went left, and then I wanted to get my car back, and somehow I realized there were suddenly very rich people and all kinds of people, and then suddenly there was so I don't know expensive cars. <laughs> And I couldn't find my car. I was frantically looking for it. And then there came some kind of work. And I said, oh, yeah, your car. I, I, I just um, put it in, I, I put it somewhere safe. <laughs> and he showed it to me. And I was so happy to get my car back. And then I realized that all the expensive cars, the Porsches, and so, were also orange. And I wrote, oh, interesting. You influenced them without <laughs> I like that. I don't know what that means. but. <laughs> uh. I just said somebody we didn't get too much into it but I had a friend she was talking about a dream coach or something like that that she had and the person said you had to in order to analyze your dreams you you know you speak each thing as yourself when I was in the dream when I was when I was the cheap you know the what car did you say twinkle yeah that's my a little French car. <laughs> okay, Twinkle, you know, and then when I was the expensive cars, and when I like tell in this, and then that's supposed to give you more insight. Interesting. Because if someone you're all knowing what this might mean, just send me a message. But I just remembered it because it was very funny. All this, these orange, very expensive orange cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great, I actually think that's a very good dream about belonging. Mm-hmm. It's you thinking you're, uh, you're on your own, but then all the fancy stuff is still the same color. Yeah, and then they, they don't want me. They cast me aside, but then they take on my ideas and my color. Mm. <laughs> Interesting, mm. isn't it? So maybe that also means that we as artists, maybe we don't fit in. We don't drive the expensive cars, but we still influence those people, even if they don't realize it. Mm. If they don't want to, even if society casts us aside and we have to park our car somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but still, it still influences them. Maybe that's how we have to work. We cannot be the one owning Rolls Royce, maybe. Maybe that's not necessary. What I love, what I love about artists is like how often art makes the news. When you <laughs> think, you know, you, you're like, oh, art isn't important and nobody cares and then wait till somebody tapes a banana to the wall or whatever and you know you t- they talk about it for weeks <laughs> yeah i wish it would be the the healing kind of work yeah it's formative kind of work and not the work that's uh, yeah maybe i don't know if i want to talk about this but sometimes when i see 
art that seems so helpless in itself. I mean, you have all these artists and they seem to struggle with all these things they see. And instead of transforming it and finding a new way of looking at it and helping everybody, helping the audience to hear with them as well and to kind of, you know, embody it in a different way and to, to stomach yeah. it differently. They just talk about what, what bad things happening. And I don't know if that's the art we need right now. Yeah. Well, I think when when it when it comes to the painful art, I think that is part of the process of feeling through it. And I think people are at different stages. And I think that is part of processing is making some uh, Yeah, I, I think I, I think know. where it gets I think where I think what gets us in trouble is um monetizing the art because if you can be you know you if you I know, um, express I mean, something and make something extremely controversial mm -hmm. or painful or whatever and it gets all this attention and you're like and goes you know gets sold you're like oh that now you have this formula and then i think the formula is where thing where you lose its purpose but that first painting you know or that first act is really is where we could really start the conversation or have the conversation about what's going on. And that's exactly it because I thought, okay, they do all this and then they use all the stuff, the terrible things that happen in this world to other people and they make money with it. And I was yeah. oh, you know, I, I can't deal with this. And maybe that's yeah. why it's so difficult for us as artists to find community or to, to be with be artists in our communities where we live because they, yeah. so it's all, they see us and they think, oh, it's the self-indulgent and it's all about the money. Yeah. Did I ever, this reminds me of a, of a story. I might have said it on this before. I feel like I repeat myself. But um, there was a lady who gave a, te a TED talk about um, games and the mm -hmm. importance of games. And to me, you know, games and creating a game um, is a perfect example of creativity. Mm -hmm. And she she had she she just told all these stories on how games helped things along, kind of thing, or you know helped some, uh, yeah, help people process or see things. And the one and the one, but my favorite of the stories she told was a story about how her five six year old daughter came home from school and she asked what she learned in school and she's like, oh yeah, you know, I learned about you know, how in Africa, you know, like the slaves and, the Af you know, they got on a boat and they came over to the U.S. and then they were slaves. And she's like, yeah, and? And she's like, yeah, that was what I learned. And she's like, do you know, like, how, do you really, under you know? And she was kind of appalled that, you know, this little, you know, like, she, she didn't quite comprehend it. So she actually made a game right there. And she made a boat and she like made little people and she's like, okay, now you name your people and you know, who, who are your friends and your family? And like within, <laughs> oh, I love that. within like 30 minutes, you know, she's like, um, she's got, you know, her daughter's like, oh, oh, nope. You know, you know, this, you know, your grandma got left behind and this one got, you know, taken and now you're separated and now, you know, this, now your mom got sold over here and you're going to be over here. And like, you know, this whole board game and she was this, this poor little girl was sobbing, crying. And I mean, I don't, this is her mom. This is how she parents will parenting is a different thing. But, and then, so she's the way she told the story is like her, her husband arrives home 
you know, to reliving, <laughs> you know, the slave history, the history of slaves, and they're both crying and sobbing about what these people had gone through. And she's like, this is education. You know, she she got it and the horrors of it. It wasn't just a boat ride. It wasn't just, oh, we're we're going across the ocean, you know. And 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 she actually did from that experience actually created that game and has oh, used it to help people, you know, and it's it's super simple. It's just like some pieces and here this is your boat and this is your land and who's your who's coming, who's going, who's dying on the boat. It's awful and <laughs> like just horrifying oh my god but like it is so it's so much more than just saying the words you know and and I feel like that's where art can really really hit home it's just oh, like yeah. really get you you know what I just remembered I think maybe that's interesting you know there's empathy and there's mm-hmm. compassion and I read this very interesting interview with an I think it was a neuroscientist, and she talked about this, that empathy is something totally different than compassion. Empathy is in some totally different area of the brain, and it's mm-hmm. something you feel with someone, you see it, and you, it's like you experience it yourself. So you see someone in pain, and you experience the pain yourself. Right. And that's, that's empathy, and compassion is something different. Compassion is compared to someone when you're in the presence of someone you love. And then you... You, you you see you're a crying child and you, you feel love and you want to comfort it and to soothe it. And that's a totally different feeling. And what I found very interesting is that empathy is um, has an end, that sometimes it's too much. So when you see too many bad news, you mm. just can't take it anymore and you have yep. to shut it down. And then you're totally, yeah, you're totally ignorant against all this. And compassion is never ending. There's no end to mm-hmm. compassion. And th- what then she said something. Empathy is there, yes, that's something. But compassion you can learn. It's mm-hmm. something you can learn. And that, wow. And I thought maybe that's what we forgot. Maybe we forgot how to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. And we have all this empathy. And we and then we shut down. You see all these refugees coming. And you say, I can't, I can't take it anymore because it's your pain. You feel the pain. And sometimes yep. at some point you say, I can't. And I think yep. that this it's okay to to just shut down because otherwise it would kill you as well. But yeah. compassion is something where you can how you can deal with it, and then you don't feel the pain. But you see this person, you want to help that person because it's part. It you belong. It's this is belonging in a way. I think yeah. compassion and belonging. You, you you see someone, some refugee from Africa, and you say we all belong, and I want to yeah. help this person. I don't have to take on the pain. I don't have to feel it. But I'm here. I'm in a safe place, and I can help these people, and they don't take anything from me. And yeah. I, Oh, they're very interesting and maybe that's also what would help building communities having compassion mm, yeah that's beautiful yeah it's um yeah when you talk about creating the painful i this is where i think that the painful art when it's done from that a pure you know vulnerable place is where we gain that connection mm-hmm. because another example i'm thinking of uh, is a woman who is has split personalities from like a horrendous horrendous childhood like she doesn't even really go into it and she doesn't remember most of it and it was just like the worst of the worst kind of things and that's how she dealt with it was her personalities split mm-hmm. and they all became artists or several of them became artists and yeah and they did and so she shows art and it's, there's this great it's on youtube and she i'll try the oh try to have a link for it 
but she shows her um um art and from it she's kind of deciphering what the you know trying to understand what these um character or pieces of her remember but seeing that art and knowing it was painted from like a extremely like sh- covered place you know like mm-hmm. this is a piece of her that she's just not even in contact with anymore when you talk about empathy becoming too much you know she mm-hmm. cut off pieces of herself to not feel that anymore but it's coming through in her art and her art is helping it come forward and i just think of like what is this personality who else is it speaking to mm-hmm. because there's somebody out there who's had other you know same experiences and maybe they're not an artist and maybe they don't have that voice and maybe they don't have that discernment or they don't have the way to the ability to even process it and now they can i'm just hoping that somebody else will see her art and resonate it and could begin their own healing process just by yeah um you know it's it's and 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 like her art isn't graphic it's not gross and horrible and scary it's kind of I shouldn't say basic, but it's, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to describe, but you can tell (laughs) that there's something more, there's something deep happening. And I feel like when you talk about empathy versus compassion, like I understand that there's way more to it, but I'm like, there's somebody who is going to feel that piece and they are going to get it. You know, like they are going to, they are going to like connect on her level. Somehow that brings me to rebellion in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense because I think when you have something like this, a split personality or whatever, whatever happened to your trauma or you stood aside. And then when you hear that in a way and you're no longer unconsciously vulnerable, but you know that you have a wound and it healed and you can show it and you can talk about it. And it's, in your consciousness and you can speak up you can say this happened and you can speak up and say no this is what happens in our society it -hmm. happened to me and it happens to others and whatever you say and that's i think that that's what it means to be a a, a rebel in a way to to they will they will they will lash i don't know they want to to hurt you i think or they want to silence you that's what have you against the stay in and i think when someone out there in the same position as i was maybe 20 years ago would hear that could empower them and say it is okay to be who you are and i think that's mm-hmm, also what mm-hmm. art yeah it's all about and being a rebel it's all about yeah. and have you seen so are you you're familiar with that traveling show that's called what was she wearing i don't know does it sound um. I don't know it's, if I it's people submitted clothes of what they were wearing when they were SA'd. Mm. Um, oh, no. I, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but I, I, I don't know it. It's, that is powerful mm-hmm. because that, that's another thing I think about with, with visuals. You know, like mm-hmm. it's so easy. Like you say, it's, you, you, it's such a statistic that people can just kind of chalk off and, and just ignore. And then you see this show of clothes and not from the article I read, it wasn't, it's not usually the exact thing they were wearing. It's sometimes it's, you know, cause they don't keep mm-hmm. those clothes, but some, but it'll be like, they'll pick out an outfit that represented mm-hmm. what they wore. And 
it's just heartbreaking, you know, once you realize, you know, some are like pretty age specific, you know, when you're just like, oh my goodness. And that's, it stops, it stops you and makes you think. And, you know, somebody else will be relating to what they see. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's so important to speak out when, yeah. when, you're, when you're in the position to be able to do that without too much pain. I think you should do that. Yeah. Because that's, and maybe as an artist, you can talk about things that usually stay hidden and no one wants to talk about. <laughs> no one. Yeah. The rebel, the rebel can point it out. <laughs> yeah. And you could even make it in a bit more beautiful way so they don't mm-hmm. realize at first or sneak in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it. Like, I know we, I, I know we always like, I feel like we kind of gravitate towards the, the negative aspect of it. But like, I think there's so many ways a person is processing their life and their emotions. And, you know, some people are going through really difficult things and their art will show that. But I think just as important is the people that are celebrating, you know, are now at a place where they can see the beauty and the gratitude in the life. Oh, yeah. I know that's that's why I think uh, that's only dark. I don't know. That doesn't speak to me because it doesn't tell me about hope. Why should I? Yeah. Or something. I think uh, it should be for me. There can be beauty in a grief. I I think it's both sides. That's what love is. And it's not just the happy stuff, but it's not just the dark stuff. It's everything. Yes. Yeah. And that's what that's what it inspires me because as an artist, it's like I I felt so strongly about passion and, and dreams and, and positivity and like there's so much negativity in this world that mm-hmm. I'm my rebellious act is to show all the good that there can mm-hmm. be, you know, and that's what I hope others people will be inspired to do. I feel like sometimes, I think, I feel sometimes people um, ridicule, you know, the beautiful art and it's not real art or it's just illustration or something. But I Absolutely. mean, I think it's all so, Im- I think it's all so important. And I but hope. you're right. Then I, I have these drawings, these kind of fairy tale drawings, and, and they are nice and they're whimsical in a way, and people love it. And, mm-hmm. and, even I thought, oh, this is not real art because it's just pretty and people like to look at it. And maybe that's just what art is. So it brings it yeah. to, it, it gives you strength with, by being beautiful. And you can yeah. look at something beautiful, especially now. I mean, <laughs> I don't need something. Yeah, the world is terrible. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I really there, know. <laughs> there's this uh, theory I heard one time about um, Japanese art. You have that, what's that cute? art in japanese called kawaii 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 and there's you know an anime and how so much of this this cutesy art and this anime comes from japan and someone was saying well all these you know japan is they're so the culture there they're so serious about success and Mm -hmm. advancing and being the best and discipline and you know and self-denial that all these people from the age of seven you know are like studying to get into the best preschool or whatever Mm -hmm. and by the you know and then it's and then then and work demands huge huge work you know payload um uh, hours and and devotion and all these people are like grasping at this childhood (laughs) they didn't have and that's what makes this cute art so like valuable to the Japanese culture 
And I thought that was very interesting. Oh, yeah, I think, but I think if you would be a rebel, maybe you would do it differently. You would point out that it's stale and old and has to go (laughs) (laughs) instead of just, yeah, maybe that's what what we should do as artists, just to point it out. And if someone really is furious about it, I think, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I did it. Because there's so, so, so much old and stale stuff. And as artists, we are meant to to stay within what's always been there but i don't want to i don't care about this yeah. i want something new i want to try it. and i'm an artist i don't i, I mean i don't hurt people it's just yeah. <laughs> it's just very harmless in yeah. a way i think i think now is the time for artists people have been shaken up and are beginning to realize on their own of the stay on the old that they don't want and i think now is a time for artists to come in and start presenting ideas and just start snowballing the but, but I think it's very important that you don't have this urge to belong to whatever. I think when I think of myself, for me, it's much easier when I process my own, I don't know, false belonging, I call it like this, when I don't no longer need any outside validation. Well, it's nice to have it, but that makes me really powerful because then someone can say, oh, this is really ugly. And I say, yeah, yeah, you think so? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've circled back to like, all right, go plow ahead and be your own individual self, but, and then find the community that we can all join together and continue in in that. Is that what we're saying? (laughs) I would say it's, uh, first of all, I would say this society is very difficult to live in, not just for artists. And you have to find something new because we are destroying uh, the earth. We are. Mm. exploiting people we are exploiting the nature we're this we can't live like this anymore and i think it's just all these yeah when you look at it it's only logic and and it's somehow all this art and dreams and stuff was so suppressed and it's it's ridiculous yeah even fairy tales or, or yeah people. yeah and everybody's yeah. and then the, then they i don't know travel somewhere and exploit yet another region and think that's real yeah. life yeah. And we can't live like this anymore. And maybe that's us, the dreamers, the visionaries to say. Oh, <laughs> I feel oh. like the I feel like the battle cry of the artist should be like like I feel like it's the or the the war cry is like get a real job. <laughs> like that's what we're fighting against. <laughs> and I mean we don't have to change the world all by ourselves. We can't do that. That's too much. We have to, maybe have, we have to change how we are in this world. Just uh, just to shed the, the old beliefs. How other others wanted us to be in the world. Maybe just forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start and then see where we where we can go from there. And when we no longer depend on other people's opinions. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I feel like we're at a stopping point. I don't feel like we've really come to a solution of how to bring together. Uh, be a re- a rebel so you can build a rebel community or are we saying build a rebel community i would say how to time so (laughs) yeah that's what i'm thinking so all right let's continue this idea next week yeah sounds good do we have any other um i guess the final question is uh what do we do now I think I think that I think the answer to that question always all on these podcasts is uh, make art. <laughs> exactly. 
It is how it's your resist, resist conforming, make art and make the art you want to make. Don't make the art that you think will sell. Exactly. <laughs> and make it even when it's cute, make cute art. Well, make whatever. Mm -hmm. And even when you want to do some big, horrible art, do it. When it's mm -hmm. painful, do it. <laughs> it's just... I had a I had a thought the other day, and actually, yeah, let, let's set, let end with this as an exercise. Um, I think a really great exercise is make ugly art. Like what is ugly? Because once you try to make ugliness, it's almost impossible, I find. And the things that you find by accident when you make something ugly is just really interesting. And I feel like it it is very enlightening. I know people find discover new techniques and things when they work on trying to make something ugly. So I challenge you that. Rebel, rebel against the beauty of art and go make and some ugly And also against art. your own old beliefs. I think that's also yeah. rebel against what, what's old and stay inside of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's start breaking some of those things down. Awesome. Well, that's it. Then I guess I will talk to you next week. Yeah. Awesome. Looking forward to I'm curious what we come up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got this. No big deal. <laughs> All right. We'll see ya. Just listen to us and you know everything. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I wish it was like that. <laughs>